Welcome you guys to, to church, to Legacy City Church. Hope you're ready to dive on into God's presence tonight. Uh, I'm going to make one quick announcement. We have our Wednesday night gathering somewhere. It's going to show up. There it is. Look at that. Do you guys like this? I'm getting really fancy with the graphics here. Trying to give you guys the wow factor. Wednesday nights, we have worship and prayer and training. And we, I took down any particular class that we're doing right now because we don't know for sure if we're ever going to get through it. We, we may do session six this Wednesday. We may, God may have another plan. We may just all get drunk in the spirit and roll around or shake on the floor. Who knows what God wants to do? Anyway, I know that sounds a little weird. I'm being a little jokey here, but, but then again, you never know. So there's that. And then, so, I, I did some preparation for today, of course, and then this afternoon, I just felt like God was speaking to me about some things, and uh, so I'm just going to open us up with some scriptures. You guys good with that? Do you love the Word of God? Yes. I hope so. <laughs> this is church, isn't it? Okay. I have one amen back there. Sister Judy, she's like, I love the Word of God. You're supposed to shake that Bible up in the air. Come on. And say, Hallelujah. <laughs> What? That's not a Bible. <laughs> there we go. We got a sister over here. She's got her sword. She's got her sword in hand. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. So, I, I had a couple things that came to mind today. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna put one word out there, and then I'm gonna show you guys some scriptures. So, if you didn't already know this, when you were born, when you were birthed into this planet. You were birthed, I was, we were birthed into a war zone. Whether your natural world is in a time of peace, prosperity, there's still a spiritual battle that's taking place all around us. There's a war going on. We were born into this war. And so I just, the thing I heard this morning or this afternoon was the storm is upon us. And I felt like God said, Ephesians 6, just go into this, Ephesians 6. If we are in a war, if we are born into this war, and the storm of the war is all around us, it's raging all around in different ways, in different places, different intensities, then God wants us to be prepared, right? He wants us to, to know what he has given us freely to protect us, to in, ensure our protection, our success in the battle here on earth. So. Here we go. If you want to read out loud, you can, but you don't have to. This is Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 18. Now, by my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. There we go. Battle gear number one, Holy Spirit power. We want to be infused with that Holy Spirit life union force that we get in union with Jesus so that we can stand victorious as his power, his explosive power flows into us and out of us. It continues on, it says, put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat, just picture it, hand-to-hand -hand combat. 
is not with human beings. I think, I think we all need to get this. I think we all need to get this. It's so easy to think that the battle is with the person that's right in front of me. This person right here. Whether, whether it's in my house, in my marriage, or with my kids, or with my coworkers, or with people in the community. It's so easy to demonize humans, isn't it? It's so easy because we, we, by nature, I think we want to blame someone for the turmoil that we're feeling around us. All of the static, all of the funk, all of the, the heaviness that's going on. We want, to, we want to blame something, so it's easiest to, to, to blame what we can see. But there's this invisible realm that God wants to awaken our hearts to because that is where the real battle takes place. So our hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods, little g, basically just demons, and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so that you're protected as you confront the slanderer. That's a good good cue right there as to what the enemy looks like, the invisible enemy. He's a slanderer. He slanders. For you are destined for all things, and here's your hope, you will rise victorious. You will rise victorious. I just declare that over everyone here. You are going to rise victorious. You are going to walk in the victory of King Jesus. He is our victorious champion. He is our king, and he has won the battle. So, did I finish that? Okay, next part of this passage. So here we go. Put on, here's some things to put on. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert that you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield. Wraparound shield. See, it does have your back. It's a private thing, but there was the question. Is the shield just in front of us? I love the Passion Translation. Our backside is guarded. It is a wraparound shield. He has your front, he has your back, he has your sides. Christ within me, Christ above me, Christ beneath me, Christ beside me, Christ all around me. I don't know where that comes from. I think it's an old, uh, it's a what blessing? An Irish blessing. Okay. So it is a wraparound shield. Take faith as your wraparound shield. It's faith. It's your faith in what God promises to you. That is what wraps around you like a shield. For he, or excuse me, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. They're coming at us from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. I was saying before I started uh, anything, tis the season. I was back here with Christian. You know, we were talking about last week and deliverance. And and it says deliverance just seems to be the thing that's on on the planet right now that's being highlighted. It's all around. Tis the season. This is the season for deliverance. This is the time in God's plan for this planet, for his church, for his world, 
to bring salvation's full experience to the planet. Forgiveness of sins, healing of bodies, and deliverance. Freedom. Somebody say freedom. Freedom. There we go. <laughs> Got to get you guys, get your voices warmed up a little bit here. Okay. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. That is where the battle is. The battle is between our ears. The battle is in the mind. As Bill Johnson has often said, the only closed heaven that a believer experiences is between the ears. The battle is for our minds. The enemy is a liar, and he wants to come in, and he wants to, he wants to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He wants to pull, he wants to pull you away from truth and slip in lies. He wants to sideswipe us from what is true and try to build a stronghold of lies in our minds. There's a word I'm trying to think of right now, and I can't, but that's okay. Undermine. He wants to undermine the truth. See, God has planted his seed of truth inside of each one of us. We've been feeding ourselves with the word of God. We're hearing the word of God. We're so full of God's truth. But the enemy wants to come, and he wants to undermine. He's like a snake. He just kind of comes in, slithers in, and he starts whispering lies. And he wants to undermine us from what the path that God has us on. Okay, so embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Sounds good to me. And then that passage finishes with pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. Somebody say all. All, all as believers. All right. So that was the starting point today. And this is probably going to be the preach. You never know. We'll see what happens tonight. Then I felt like God said to, to trust the plan. We need to trust the plan. We need to trust that Jesus has won the victory. Yes. Jesus has won the victory. And we need to trust in God's plan. His, his plan is already rolled out. It is already moving forward. Jesus is already the victorious king. He has conquered. What does the scripture say here? This is in Revelation eleven fifteen. Then the seventh angel sounded his trumpet and a loud voice broke forth in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our God and of his anointed one. He will reign supreme for an eternity of eternities. Yeah, someone say amen. Hallelujah. That is the hope that we have. Yes. That is not a possible outcome. It is not, well, if the devil doesn't win, no. The devil has lost. And he's angry. He already knows that he has lost the battle. And he knows that Jesus has won. Jesus crushed his head at the cross. He will soon, Jesus will soon crush Satan under our feet. That is the promise. We we get to sit in a position with Jesus right now in the heavenly realm. I don't have that scripture, but Ephesians 2.6 tells us that we have... Oh, I do have it. It's right here. And then we're going to worship in just a second here. Maybe you guys should read this out loud with me. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ... By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him 
and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So let's declare this together. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. This is our position. We are seated with Jesus. You're seated right here in the, in the flesh on the earth right now. But in the spirit, in God's, in God's way of looking at life from beginning to end, you are in Christ and you are seated with him right now in heaven. You are seated with the victorious one. Jesus has won. We're with him. We're safe. We're secure. Now we just have to navigate our way through this process to see in that victory in its fullness. So the storm is upon us, spiritual war. Trust the plan. Jesus has already won the battle. And then this last part, I just felt before we started tonight, this is so important. This is, this is a preach before the, if there is going to be a preach tonight. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Don't be unaware of the devil's schemes. Okay, so we know that there's a spiritual enemy. He wants to do something to try to undermine us, to try to pull us off course, right? Um, the Word of God tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus. See, the, the key to getting through this life, through the valley of the shadow of death, is to lock eyes on Jesus and have a single vision fixed on him. But the enemy does everything he can to try to pull us away from looking at Jesus from looking at the victory of Jesus on the cross, victory of his resurrection, victory of his ascension, victory of your life, secure and hidden in him. I don't know what scripture I have here. Oh yeah. So keep our eyes on Jesus, single vision. Here we go. Hebrews 12, verse two. It says, we, this is our, this is our encouragement. This is the call of God for us right now. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and our expectation onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Why don't we stand up? We're getting ready to go into worship. Our worship is our warfare. Our worship, our worship does damage to the dark forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our worship, it ushers in the presence of God. It ushers in the angel armies. Heaven is waiting with, with anticipation. The angels are, are positioned and waiting to see what you and I are going to say, what we are going to agree with. See, God has given us authority and the power of, of our tongues, the power of our, our mouths, agreeing with what is true and declaring that, that is God's, one of God's ways of doing warfare into what the enemy is trying to do here on the earth. Our worship is powerful. Our, the prayers of a righteous man or woman are powerful and effective. So if your prayers are powerful, your worship is powerful because worship is just you declaring and praying with music, making a melody in your voice. So tonight we're going to do warfare. You don't have to think of it as warfare. All you have to think of it as, I'm here to love on Jesus. I'm here to declare truth. I'm here to partner with heaven and agree with the truth of the word of God and see heaven come and invade this place, invade our city, invade 
let, let the target be on your own mind, your own body. Is there sickness in your body? Is there something broken? Body, soul, spirit? Is there something in your heart that's wounded that needs healed? You can put the bullseye right there. And as you worship Jesus tonight, let him come. Let him come and heal those places inside you that need healing. If you're good, if, if you're all healed up and, and you're just ready to, to worship him with all your might and strength, then let, let that bullseye of heaven as you worship Jesus go out around your family, over your workplace, into our city. God is much bigger than we could imagine. Amen? Amen. Is he big? Yes. Bigger, bigger than a box that we could try to put him in? Yes. Okay. So... Let me just finish this last little part here. So we get to keep our eyes on Jesus. Together we stand, divided we fall. The Bible, and I didn't have a bunch of scripture references, I could have pulled a bunch together about the importance of unity, the importance of, of communicating with one another when we offend one another, when we are hurt, that we would protect and we would preserve our relationships, that we would learn how to honor one another. So that is part of the theme tonight, is this whole thing of, of what is honor. But, but we want to take, take to heart tonight the reality that together we stand, divided we fall. See, the enemy is already trying to do that in the natural. We see division all around our planet. But when we come together on a solid rock, named Jesus, we come together and we can stand together. We don't have to agree on all of the, the little things that we can agree to disagree on, right? Because if we can't do that, then that's how denominations are born. And we could create a new denomination that agrees with us until someone disagrees with us again, and then we'll just you know, continue to divide and divide and divide and become weaker and weaker. But God has called us to stand strong in unity, to protect and preserve the unity of the faith. The enemy wants to de deflect us from having a single vision of our eyes focused on Jesus. Single vision, eyes locked on Jesus. He wants to deflect us so that we would be divided. And when you have a single vision that becomes divided, what do you have then? Division or division. The enemy wants to deflect. He wants to cause someone or something to change the direction by interposing something, to turn aside from a straight course, to cause someone or something to deviate from an intended purpose. Was that too heavy? Okay. It's the reality. And this is the other reality is right now. We get to run into the presence of God and worship Jesus, and we get to lock our vision straight on him and allow him to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. You want to pray for us, yeah. sweetheart? Yes, Father, as we come to worship you tonight, God, we just lay everything down at your feet. God, we thank you that we get to run to you. We get to run into your arms. God, we thank you for loving us so much. God, I pray that you'd break in and break through lives tonight, Father. God, take us to a new level with you tonight. We just release your holy fire tonight, Father. Yeah, thank you. 
Let's go to war, guys. Praise you, Jesus. Holy. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You did it all on the cross. Thank you, Father. You sent your son and you raised him again. He rose again, alive. It's not just a spirit. He's alive. He ascended to the throne for us. Thank you, Jesus. It is by his blood. It is by his stripes we are healed. And he still heals today. Woo! Yes. Thank you, Jesus. He still heals today. He still delivers today. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. He's as real today as he was then. He is the same then and now and forever. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. After he rose, he came down, he came back and showed the disciples the wounds in his hands. And then he ascended. His blood still speaks for us today. Better than that, than the blood of Abel. Thank you, Jesus. We revel in your victory. We laugh in your victory. We have joy in your victory. Thank you, Jesus. We rejoice in you. <laughs> we were all stuck in the mud and you came running out there for us. Picked us up. Thank you, Lord. I'm just getting pictures of little sheepies, little sheeps, sheeps stuck. You know, they wander off. We, we've wandered off. We didn't even know who our shepherd was. <laughs> just imagine the shepherd just full sprint. He's coming right after you. Picks you right up out of wherever you were. He picked us all up. And only he could do it. Thank you, Jesus. You so loved us that you sent your one and only son. It's by your blood we have direct access to our Father. We are reconciled through him. Jesus says, I am the door. Thank you, Jesus, you are the door. We are covered by your blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you. Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. What's your plan for tonight, Lord? Speak to us words of life, 
restore any part of us that's not aligned with you, not fully aligned with you, Lord. Bring it into alignment with you now, Jesus. Come fully submitted to you and your lordship. Thank you, Jesus. This is all for you, Lord. We're here for what you want to do. It's anything you want, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hey, guys, we're going to keep worshiping tonight. We're going to keep on, not with music. I'm going to scare you. I could. We're going to go ahead and have a time of communion. So uh, maybe I could get, David, if you could grab one basket, and Forrest, if you wouldn't mind grabbing this one here. We'll just hand these out. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and just ask you guys to get this little thing ready. I know they can be tricky to open up, so if you could just take a minute, maybe someone can help you if you're struggling, ripping off the, the cover over the, the juice. And yeah, I'm going to just... If, if you bend the little flap down, then it releases the pressure so that you can actually peel the top. I didn't know that last week. I almost threw it all over the place trying to rip it open. <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Lord. So part of what I was feeling tonight, this afternoon actually, um, you know, this, the whole theme of warfare and keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, keeping our vision, our focus single, and how the enemy wants to come and he wants to undermine us and try to pull us off of our focus on Jesus because the victory is there, right? The victory is with Jesus. He's, he's won the victory. He's our conquering king. And the enemy of our soul, the enemy of our, of our lives, the, the devil and his minions, their, <clears throat> their tactics are to uh, lie to us, tell us things, whisper things that are not true. And oftentimes we, we partner with those things. And so there's always, thank God, an opportunity for us to to break lies and, and not partner any longer with those things. Sometimes the enemy wants to just stir us up with things between one another. The enemy tries to bring division. See, he doesn't want us to be united together. Together we stand, divided we fall, right? I know that's, that's not a Bible verse, but it's true. <clears throat> and the enemy wants to try to bring the division through, often through disagreement, as I mentioned earlier, through offense, and through bitterness. You know, the theme I feel tonight is honor. And sometimes we feel like, well, where is honor? Where is honor in my life? Where is honor in my relationships. Forgiveness restores honor. Forgiveness restores honor. 
Jesus said when we're about ready to present our, our gift on the altar. He said, if you have any offense in your heart, he said to go make it right, get, get right with the person that you're not right with, and then come and bring your gift. So what I'd like to do is just take a minute. Let's just ask the Lord if, if there's anyone we need to forgive. Can we do that? Just say this after me, Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, is there anyone I need to forgive? If you hear a yes, then ask the who is it, and he'll show it to you already. And if not, then you're good. See, this is so important. Jesus said, if we don't forgive our brother from our heart, we're basically stuck in a prison. We're stuck in a prison of whatever it is, that turmoil, that, that feeling of just being stuck, feeling of not hearing God, feeling of not moving forward in life because you just feel stuck. And maybe you didn't know what it was, but if he gave you a, a name, if he showed you a face tonight when you asked him if there's anyone you need to forgive, then I want to encourage you now to say this with me. Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. And you can name them if you need to. You can whisper it under your breath. If you are sitting next to the person, well, maybe just... Uh, think it in your head. <laughs> he knows. He already knows. But it's important for you and I to confess with our mouth. We confess him as Lord and we're saved. We also confess to him when we forgive. So yeah, we just choose to forgive right now. Choose to forgive. <clears throat> Honor is restored in our lives when there's forgiveness flowing. We've been, I, I have been forgiven this huge, huge mountain, like Mount Rainier, bigger than that. <laughs> Mount something. It was a mountain of hell. And he forgave all of my sin. He, he took away my sin debt. And I, I don't have any right to hold unforgiveness towards anyone. And the moment unforgiveness comes in bitterness, offense, the moment I get offended, I owe it to my king to mirror his heart that he mirrored towards me and reflect that towards the person that I want to hold an offense towards. So... I would encourage you regularly, weekly, maybe every day, depends if what your workplace is like, right? <laughs> Choose to forgive. Choose to forgive. And if you don't know if you need to forgive, ask him if there's anyone. So take your bread. Just declare with me, this is the body of Christ. 
he said for us to do this in remembrance of him. So Lord, I just pray right now that unity, unity was your idea, Holy Spirit and you. Unity, let me read that again. Unity was your idea, Holy Spirit and you. Intentionally bring people around me who will support, challenge, and love me with your heart. Just repeat this with me. I take your body, Jesus. Recognizing all that you gave up so that I might join with you for eternity. So just take the bread with thanksgiving. Thank him for what he did in your life. Thank you, Lord. So if you'd take the cup, just hold it up before the Lord. Hold it up or just hold it, but before the Lord. If you have the need for healing in your body tonight, I just want you to declare this with me. Jesus, by your stripes, I am healed. Thank you, Lord. I take your blood, receiving every aspect of your resurrection power into my life. I align myself with you. Teach me how you see me. Show me what you think of the people around me. Thank you for the community of believers with whom I can celebrate you, Jesus. Help me to pour out your loving kindness the people around me. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and take the cup. Thank you, Lord. going to take some time in a little bit here. I'd like to just open up the front. I feel like we have time to go over just a little bit of of teaching about honor that I had prepared. And then when we're finished, I'd like to just open this up for a time of healing, a time of freedom. If you need freedom, Jesus paid for it all. Jesus' blood has paid for it all. If you feel like you are carrying a sin debt, a price that you could never pay back to God, he wants to remove that from you. The blood of Jesus is enough. The cross is the final word. We sang it tonight, we declared it, that last song is so powerful. Your blood is my freedom, your cross. Not your cross, my freedom, your blood. 
my healing, something like that. I can't re recite it, but it's true. Jesus paid it all. Everything we need, he took care of on the cross. So we're gonna, we're gonna take time tonight and minister the power of his cross to anyone here who has need. But I wanna go ahead and just shift into this. It's, I, I feel like just uh, to encourage y'all, encourage myself, let's just keep this, this heart of worship right now. Just soak up the Lord's goodness right now. The presence of the Lord is here. The spirit of the Lord is here. He's with you. He's surrounding you. He is here to strengthen you, to, to free you up in any place you need to be freed up. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. God, we just continue to say, have your way in this place tonight. Have your way in this place, Lord. dim down the angel music just so it wasn't overpowering. If you didn't know that, we call that our angel music. <laughs> We've had some hit and miss with how easily they transition out and how quick they come back in sometimes. <clears throat> it's all about volume adjustment. You know, we've, we've made it our aim in this house to, um, it's, a, it's a goal, it's not, you know, God is He's in charge. If he really moves in our hearts to do something different, to go in a different direction, then we do. If you've been here long enough, you know how we, how we flow. <clears throat> but if we get a chance once a month, we like to just go into one of our kingdom culture values and just talk about it a little bit, pray into it, just kind of massage it into our spirits so that we would carry something of the kingdom out of this place so we can export the things of God, that we would import the things of God into our spirit, into our heart, our minds, into the way we think, and then we would take it out with us. The word of God is powerful. His word transforms us, changes us. It renews the way we think. And the part of the word of God, the part of this kingdom culture tonight, I felt um, was honor this thing of honor. I think up here we have the third point, honor affirms value. You know, we've covered uh, the presence of God, family. I think uh, God is good. So we're just gonna talk a little, bit, a little bit about what honor is. You know, whether you feel like you've got a good grip on it or not, just, just open your heart to God tonight and just say, Lord, you know, if there's anything new, if there's anything fresh that you wanna impart to me on this subject, then, then we welcome it. I tried to find a cute picture <clears throat> that would go with that scripture. So in this subject of honor, releasing life, this is what honor is in one line. It is releasing life by recognizing the glory that is in another. First Peter 2.17, honor everyone. Honor is not a one-way street. We don't just honor the person in charge. We don't just honor the ruler, the, the king. We don't just honor husbands. Don't just get the honor one way. You know, wives honor your husbands, children honor your father and mother. It's not a one-way thing. The scripture sums it up right here. Honor is actually the currency of heaven, and we are to use that currency on everybody. It's important. It's important that we take this. And we're going to look at some really powerful scriptures, see some really awesome quotes from from leaders in the body of Christ that 
got some revelation and insight on honor. But the scripture tells us simply, honor everyone. How do we do that? What is honor? What does it even look like to honor everyone? Does that mean I pretend everyone's perfect and I just, you know, pretend they all have a crown on their head like that little baby? Or, or do we hopefully gain the perspective of God's way of seeing? We would take on the lenses of, of God and see people the way he sees them, like that little baby. Okay, here we go. Danny Silk from our Foundations of Honor class. I had to pull at least one, one uh, building stone, whatever we call them, foundation stones, from that book. This was in the very beginning. <clears throat> Feel free if you see something that you really enjoy and want to capture it, take a screenshot of it if you want or, or get it from me later. Um, or if you want the books, their titles are there, Foundations of Honor. We have that book here, so if you need it. But God changed his covenantal relationship with us by changing us from, con from condemned sinners to beloved sons and daughters. We have a new identity and nature that require and enable us to relate to him and to one another in a particular way, the way of honor. In this context, honor refers to the relational values and practices of all who have entered by faith into new covenant relationships with God and people. So it flows from the vertical between us and God. Jesus honored us when he took our sin, when we were yet enemies of God. He took our sin upon himself and he forgave us. And he gave us the exchange, our dirty rags, our sinfulness for his righteousness. That is how he honored us. And we now get to honor people around us the way God honored us, the way he forgave our sin and chose to see in us the treasure that we were all born with, the treasure that we were all uniquely designed and carrying. We'll keep moving on here. Galatians chapter 5, 13 through 15 in the message. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to be to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. See, God gives you freedom, but you can destroy it by using it in the wrong way. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. There's a key right there to take away tonight. That's how freedom grows. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? So, you know, the scripture is full of warnings. That's a warning. The, God, the word of God is, is warning us that if we, if we get into this enemy trap, see, it's not the nature of God in you to go to war with your brothers and sisters. 
It's actually the enemy's plan to get us to go to war against one another, to, to get offended at our differences and preferences and whatnot. And if he can get us to get stuck in that, then we start to do that. We start to, de- to bite and devour and just like a dog with a bone, you know. That's going to just erode our freedom. God wants us to be free. Like we want to walk in the freedom where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We have the ability to quench the spirit of God and we have the ability to be filled and ruled and led by the spirit of God. I don't know about you. I don't want to quench him. I know I've done it. If you're honest with yourself, you'll admit you've done it too. The moment you yelled at somebody in traffic and gave them the invisible finger in your heart, you sinned against them in your heart because they were going too slow in the fast lane. I hate that. Anyway. Okay. Here's from Danny Silk's Foundations of Honor, another part. God is perfect freedom, okay? God is perfect freedom. And he created us in his image to be free. Perfect freedom is the ability to express God's design for love and relationships. Though human beings have always tried to find freedom outside of the limits of God's love, doing so, doing so has only destroyed their freedom. Honor recognizes that the Father has redeemed his sons and daughters to walk in perfect freedom and calls them to freedom through empowerment and healthy confrontation. Everybody in this room loves that word, don't we? Confrontation. What was the other word that I like better for confrontation? Feedback. If you don't like the word confrontation, just say feedback. I have a little feedback for you. Do you have a little feedback for me? Let's give each other some feedback. And maybe we can work our feedback together and come to a place of agreement. I don't want anyone in this room to think I'm talking about them, okay? Huh? Why? You might feel that, but honestly, this, this feedback thing is between sisters and, and siblings and parents, husbands and wives, workers and bosses, between friends. If we can't get it, if we can't figure out the grace that God's given us and use the tools he's given us, if we're just never going to go there because it's uncomfortable, we're just going to get stuck, and the enemy's going to be like, ha, 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 trick that one. You get them all tied up in their bitterness, and then they get sidelined. I've seen it in the church for years. People get bitter at the church. They can't forgive leaders. Churches fall apart. They split, and then some of those people never go to church again, ever. They don't even walk with God sometimes. They abandon their relationship with Jesus because the enemy got a foothold and got them all tripped up and sideswiped them right off the track. <clears throat> Are they saved or not? That's not the question. I think if you're truly saved, you're going to be walking in freedom at some point or you're going to look for freedom and get free and God's going to lead you to where freedom is at. Did I read all that? Yes. Okay, Danny Silk's other book, A New Government of Love. We learn honor by loving and confronting courageously. Just say it, I'm courageous. I'm courageous. <laughs> I'm courageous. We have to be able to stand strong and be courageous. 
to deal with our stuff, including the stuff that messes that we make between us and other people. Amen? Okay, I knew you'd agree. We learn to show ourselves to people, so we gotta learn to show ourselves to people. You might not like what you see when you really take a deep look, but we learn to show ourselves to people and let them show themselves to us. It's not a one-way thing. You don't just get to show yourself to me and then I don't get to respond back, no. We need an opportunity. Here, you go first, let me know what's on your heart, and then I'll give you feedback. I'll let you know what's in my heart. You guys doing go okay with this? You all feeling, you getting tired, you getting sleepy? Okay. Love, 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 love and communication, so it's two of them, love and communication, keeps people connected, creating a value for each other. If I can work through stuff with my wife, she and I are gonna appreciate one another even more and our love for each other is gonna grow stronger and deeper and it's gonna be even more unbreakable. Because if we can go through little battles together and come out strong in the end, then that's a win-win. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 in the message, your body has many parts. In case you didn't know that, I know hopefully y'all took a shower today and figured that out, but hey, your body has many parts. I know I gotta kinda liven you guys up with a little laughter here. <laughs> We're not gonna discuss what those parts are and don't, you know, maybe ask God yourself, maybe ask God yourself which part of the body you are. <clears throat> okay, just saying. Okay, I know, we're not actual body parts. We're, we're part of the body of Christ. I was joking. Lighten up, laugh a little, ha ha, ha ha ha. Okay, there we go. I thought this was a charismatic church. Okay, your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. You're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. <clears throat> By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. Oh, that's kind of scary, isn't it? When you surrendered to Christ, you were surrendering the lordship of your own life, being lord of your own life to his lordship. Because you're like, God, I can't drive this car. I keep crashing it into telephone poles. I did that once. My dad's laughing over there. No, it really was a, it was a UFO. It was a UFO that came down and hit that car. So I take my hands off the steering wheel of my life, and I say, God, you have to drive this thing. You have to lead me. I need you because you know where to go. You know the right turns to take. Did I read all that? Okay. Here's a little bit more from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 14 and 19. <clears throat> I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. Okay? You didn't lose your identity when you gave your life to Christ and became part of his body of believers. It actually made you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. I don't know what that would look like, but it's all, excuse me, I'm laughing because I heard a chuckle over here. It's all, what's up? It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. 
verse 19. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance, your significance, from getting blown up into self-importance. This is, a, this is a little bit of a warning here. This is a strong encouragement here. Don't let your, your personal significance get blown up to get puffed up into self-importance. For you, for, excuse me, for no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. Now you might think, well, yeah, but what about like Bill Gates? What about, you know, all these different powerful people? They're pretty significant. We're talking about the body of Christ. When we became Christians, we became a part of a body of believers. And the, the currency of heaven is that we would work together, flow together in a culture of honor, in this kingdom honor. And if we're going to be able to do that, then we can't think of ourselves as more highly than everybody else. We can't put ourselves up on a pedestal and look down on everyone else. In fact, the Bible tells us to prefer others. We, we need to give the preference to other people. It's, it's kind of like taking on the servant heart of Jesus and making room for other people to, to reveal the glory of God that has been hidden inside of them. So we want to make room, we want to make space for the treasures of God to shine in each person. Did I read that? All of it? Okay. We're almost done here, actually. Paul Manwaring from his book, What on Earth is Glory? Can I say it like a Brit? What on earth is glory? He's a Brit, Paul Manwaring. He's our favorite Brit. Honor. Honor is both the desire and ability to recognize the glory in others. So if you want to know a key to honor, it's, it's the ability to recognize the glory of God that is in other people. The, the Hebrew word kebab, not a typo. That's not a kebab. Sheesh. Sheesh. It's supposed to be kabod. The Hebrew word kabod. Kabod. It's like the weight of God. I don't know. Sometimes this place gets a little wacky. Kabod or kabod, however you pronounce it, the Hebrew word for glory is often translated honor 32 times in the Old Testament. I didn't know that. Did you? Now you do. You learned something new today. Whenever I recognize in someone or something the attributes, the nature, or the power of God, I am beginning the journey of honoring. When you walk outside and you see the sunset on the Olympic mountain range and you're like, wow, look at that. That is the glory of God on display. That is him taking his artistic paintbrush in creation and putting something in front of your eyes that's beautiful, that draws your attention to something greater than what you're just looking at. It all points to him. That's the beginning of, of the journey of honoring. When we look for, we look for the treasure in people and we call that treasure out. That's what God does to us. He doesn't, he doesn't point out all of your faults and beat you over the head with every mistake you made. What kind of a father is that? If, if, if a father, if all a father did was just criticize and point out every time you fell down when you're learning to walk, they're like, you dumb kid, you'll never walk. That's not a good father. In, in Father God does not treat us that way. 
He celebrates our progress. Jesus' blood took away the penalty of all of our sin, all of our mistakes. We fell short of the glory of God, and he paid it all. He fulfilled all of the requirements of the law on our behalf. So we can grow in his grace. We can stand in his grace, not focused on our weakest moment, but focused on him and hearing his voice as he champions us forward in life to, to grow and to run and to fall deeper in love with him and with his plan for your life. You gotta turn the microphone on. Come on, woman, you know the rules. We need to learn to celebrate people's progress and not look for perfection in them. That's right. Be perfect, Ethan. <laughs> get that driver's license. <laughs> oh, oh, You can get him later. Okay, yes, you will. So that's when we're beginning the journey of honors, when we start to look for the treasure, the glory of God in people. Put another way, honor is when I show value for something because it reveals or reflects or points to the nature, attributes, and power of God. Here's some more from our favorite Brit, same book. The cross, here's where we, this is basically the foundation of all of it for us. The cross is the supreme revelation of honor. At the cross, Jesus showed us how much he valued every man, woman, and child. Whoever has been and will be, and that includes the most heinous perpetrators of evil. You might think, how could God love Charles Manson or fill in the blank, you know, Hitler? I think some things are just too, too lofty, too huge for us to fully wrap our minds around. But I know I've seen this. I've seen a glimpse of this. And usually when someone does something really terrible, like they kill a bunch of people and then they get arrested, who comes running to their defense? But he's a good boy. He's a good son. He would never do this. I don't know where that comes from. Even after they've seen all of the evidence, parents of a child who fell into doing something really horrible they still love their child. I feel that's what God does with us. He is so above all of the stuff that we walk through and navigate, yet he's in it with us at the same time. But he sees the beginning from the end. He sees the destiny that he put in people, even though they, they get sidetracked and abandon their destiny and fall into the hands of demonic control and, and evil. So back to this, let's, let's get back to the favorite Brit here. <clears throat> that includes the most heinous perpetrators of evil. He valued all of us above his own life. Why did Jesus value us so highly? And could he recognize glory in us when we had fallen short of his glory? Like we all fall short of the glory of God. Could he still see some glory there? Could he still find some treasure in there? The answer to both questions is that Jesus recognized our eternal value and glory. I'll let you just kind of wrestle with that a little bit in your minds. It's my job just to provoke you to think, provoke myself to think, ponder these things, go into the scriptures, just plow through the word of God, 
Let the word of God speak to you. Chris Fallatin from his book, The Supernatural Ways of Royalty. We do have one copy of that in the back room there that somebody's wife gave us as a gift so you could have it for free. And here's just a little taste of that book. We love Chris. Honor is one of the greatest attributes of nobility. Good evening, kings and priests. Good evening, royal priesthood, royalty, regal sons and daughters of God who have been crowned with royal authority. He is the king of kings. So take your crown, look in the mirror, straighten it up, just be okay with it. That's how he sees you. In Christ, you are crowned with authority because of Jesus, all because of Jesus. That's how good he is. So honor, then, is one of the greatest attributes of our nobility. If we're going to walk in the nobility of, of kingdom assignments, kingdom living on earth, then honor can flow from us. When the kingdom is present inside of us, honorable behavior comes naturally to us. We all know when we start to do stuff stupid, we're like, oh, this, I know I'm not supposed to do this. I know this is not part of my new nature, but I just want to go off on someone right now or whatever. You know, I want to watch that movie anyway. I'm just trying to you know, help you guys because I don't want anyone to feel condemned in this room. And God already knows you're going to make mistakes. That's why he gave you grace to grow in. Grace to grow. Not grace to do whatever you want and destroy your freedom, but grace to grow in. So we give honor to all men, not just because they deserve it or don't deserve it, but also because we are honorable citizens of the kingdom. It's, it's the nature of God to release honor, which gives life. And as he is our king living inside of us, ruling and reigning, it's our participation with him to let that honor flow into us from heaven into earth and out of us to those around us. Uh, we're right at the end here. You're like, I hope so, because this is just starting to get boring. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Can I get an amen over here? <laughs> Hallelujah. I know it's not as exciting as, as that one church that you guys have been visiting. But <laughs> Maybe if I get a tambourine out of the other room and start, shh. Okay. Get someone on the keys back there. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Paul Manwaring again. What on earth is glory? Honor brings life. You guys want life to flow out? You want to be a life giver? Then walk in honor. Go to God. Deal with whatever it is that is stopping honor from flowing. Maybe you got to start with the honor flowing from him, him wanting to get it into you because you just can't receive it. You're just like, I'm just such a sinner, God. I'm not worthy. God, sometimes he'll call that false humility because we have to come to terms with the fact that we can't earn it. We can't, we don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it, I don't earn it. But you, yet you give yourself away. Anyway, it's a song. We don't deserve his, his goodness, his kindness. That's what grace is. His grace is what saves us. Even when you're an enemy of God, his grace is aimed at you and he rescues you. He chose you, he chose me before I chose him or you chose him. Figure that one out, I don't know. It's pretty cool. So honor brings life. We see this most dramatically at the cross. Did I read all that? No, I didn't. We see it most dramatically at the cross where Christ's honor 
brought eternal abundant life to the entire human race. But God first revealed this principle to Moses centuries earlier in the fifth commandment. He said, honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land with which the Lord your God gives you. Exodus 20, 12. See, that's a, a commandment with a promise. Yeah, that's a commandment for, for, well, it's not just for kids. This is for all of us. Honor your mother and father that you may live a long life in the land. God wants to give us long life. He doesn't want our lives to be cut short. And honor is, is the way to release life, to have life. I want life to flow through me. I, I don't want to just feel good with the good fuzzy feels about God, get all lit up and woozy at church and laugh a lot and then go outside and be like a walled off, locked up fountain that says out of service everywhere I go. And they're like, but I'm so thirsty. And you're a fountain and you don't have any water. You're out of service. Weren't you just at church all day? Ouch. Nothing more painful than when someone says, I didn't know you were a Christian. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, God, help me. Mark me. Light me on fire. Give me your heart. I need, we need his heart yeah. to beat so strong in us that people know. And that, you know that scripture, they'll know we're Christians by our love. And I think that the love of God will flow out of us when we honor people. We honor that homeless person that's outside of the grocery store. We don't just go, disgusting. Well, I know that's funny, but, but in reality, broken people end up in situations like that and they get hooked on drugs to try to, to ease their pain. People say, have a heart. But we can get so caught up in our own distractions, right? Instead of being fixed on Jesus, the enemy has pulled us in different directions. We're carrying our own junk. We don't have any time for giving compassion to someone who's on the side of the building there, sticking a needle in their arm. What would Jesus do? I'm not trying to put a condemnation on anybody. I just know for myself, and I think you guys want it to, we, we don't want to be that person. We want to be filled with the love and the honor of heaven. We want Jesus just to radiate through us, right? Why don't you guys stand up? We're going to wrap this up. We're going to make a couple declarations together, and then we're going to pray. And then if anyone wants some prayer tonight, um, we'll just open the front up here. Got some prayer warriors ready to pray. And uh, here we go. You guys ready to make some declarations? It's not decorations, they're declarations. Why do we do this? Why is it important to make a declaration? Our words have power. Our words have power. Our words have power. What did God do to create everything that we see and experience? He spoke. Yeah. And what we were made in whose image? His image. And then he put what in our tongue? The power of life and death. So you can speak yourself to death. I've had people speak to me to death. <laughs> different, different way. We can speak death over ourselves or we can partner with the word of God and speak life. So let's make some good. These are good declarations. You guys ready? Number one, honor releases life. Number two, I am experiencing increasing revelation 
of the power of honor. I have to read that one a couple times. Number three, I consistently recognize the glory in others. Number four, because I walk in humility and so honor wherever I go, I experience an increase of honor in my life and ministry. Those are good. That's some good stuff there. Well, Jesus, I know it was a feeble attempt. No, thank you, Lord, for your grace tonight. Thank you, Lord, that we can laugh. Thank you, God, that you are working in us. You are working in every person in this room. You are working in us to will and to act, that our heart would be bent towards your desires and that we would walk that out, to will and to act according to your good purposes. You are the one at work in us, doing that in us. And we just say we want to conform, Lord. We want to comply. We want to yield. We want to surrender to what you want to do. We want to say, Jesus, come and take the steering wheel. I'm tired of crashing into those telephone poles. We want to run with you, Lord. We want to walk in victory with you. And we want to walk with a single vision, single eye. Lord, we want to recognize your beloved sons and daughters called the body of Christ. We want to walk in unity together. We want to learn, God, how to, to walk through relational diff difficulties and differences. But we want to have your heart, not only for your church, but for those people that are on the outside, that we would love them to you, that we would love them enough to touch them, to, to share your heart with them. So we just open ourselves up and we just say, God, would you do that in us? Would you do that work in us, Lord? We, we say, help us, God. Help us, O oh Lord. And we say, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing, all that you've done tonight. And God, we ask you to release your healing power tonight as we move forward to pray for one another. God, that you would release your kingdom in this room the dominion of Jesus would come in power. Miracles, signs, wonders, freedom, deliverance, forgiveness, all of that would flow tonight through your body to your body. One part releasing grace and strength to another. In Jesus' name.